0: Good day. Hope everybody's blessed, everybody's balanced. James and I, we're sitting down once more. And today, we thought it could be beneficial to spend some time digesting, going through a couple of uh, of these points, these tenets, these laws in uh, one of our favorite books, 48 Laws of Power. So uh, funnily enough, I had this book. I bought it a few years ago. I started perusing through it. And then it was in a book bag of mine that got confiscated, and, uh, and I lost the book. <laughs> and uh, that's a different story. <laughs>
1: but, uh, the confiscated book bag. Yes,
0: the state of Wyoming owns that now. And, um, and then you got this, you know, you started diving back through it a few months ago and sharing it with me. And, uh, and it was a reminder. I was like, damn, I need to, I need to go back, pour through it, man. You know, because I'm at a different stage of life, and, and there's so much game in this. So we thought it could be beneficial to y'all to just sit down and, you know what I'm saying? This isn't audible. This is different means. And it might just be better, goddamn. So, all right, law number one. <laughs> yeah. Never outshine the master. Always make those above you feel comfortably superior. In your desire to please or impress them, do not go too far in displaying your talents, or you might accomplish the opposite, inspire fear and insecurity. Make your masters appear more brilliant than they are, and you will attain the heights of power. Okay, so we were we were trying to figure out if it made sense to, uh, to bounce around point from point, you know, try to go in sequential order, but uh, we're not going to do that. We're just going to bounce around. The ones that uh, that make sense as we're flowing this discussion, but this very first law, and we had a conversation several months ago where you were in a situation, and it's it's telling that this is the first law in this book because we are social creatures by nature. Humans, we we organize in groups, right? Tribes, communities, cities, families, and this concept of never outshining the master. And this is the other thing for everybody to keep in mind: this book, these laws. Be mindful of how you interpret them because they're coming through the filter of you, right? These laws in and of themselves, this is just recommendations. And the other cool thing about this book, if you've never read it, is every law has parables, not even parables, they have stories, historic events that demonstrate these laws. And this first one about never outshining the master is very interesting for an individual who wants to be master of themselves, Right, which I think is a large part of our audience. You know, whether you're an entrepreneur or you know you're a father, you're a mother, you're an older brother, older sibling. If you're in some leadership role, it can feel very unnatural to not outshine the master. You, in fact, may not have a quote unquote master above you. But I think what's really at the core of this law is people's insecurity. And I think if people look and interpret this law from that lens, it really just highlights. How insecure people who should maybe be the least insecure actually can be. Because this law, the way it's written out, as I interpret it, is basically just saying: when you're in a situation, let's give a concrete example, you know, let's say somebody's the second shooter on a set. There's the first shooter, you know, maybe the first shooter's not even the director. You gotta be careful how you navigate that relationship because usually those people who are put in that position of power. There may be an underlying fear that they can lose that position of power, and that fear is going to make them potentially behave in such a way that they're going to, you know, be on the lookout for any potential threat to their status. And so, if you walk in as the second shooter and you're more technically prowess than the first shooter, you got more experience than the first shooter, you know, you have quote unquote better work, a preferred gear, better gear. Work, yeah. better gear. The first shooter might be like, fuck, damn, I, I thought I was number one, though. You got all that. You got the new hotness. You got the goddamn Canon RS-1347, goddamn, <laughs> with the 17 <laughs> to infinity lens. Fuck. You know, and then maybe they wind up trying to sabotage you to make sure that they can put additional distance between your efforts and their position because they may be playing a zero-sum game where they think that for you to rise up in ranks means that they must be dethroned. And then that can put you in a perilous situation when all you are maybe trying to do is be helpful, be super prepared, you know what I mean? Be a, a good supporting uh, agent. But, you know, sometimes people misinterpret that and uh, and they can take that as a threat and then they may start to behave in a way that threatens you. So... Uh yeah man, those are just some initial thoughts. Obviously, like we could take a fucking day and talk about these, these laws, but yeah man, yeah.
1: Uh, a couple more examples of this. Uh, this never outshining the master. It can be seen in um you know in in work. It can also be seen in a gym. Very quickly, you can be in a scenario where you're with other high performing individuals. Slash slash, you could be sitting and working out with, working amongst uh, professional athletes, and you yourself could not be a professional athlete. But if you're doing something that they might have a budding insecurity on, um, they might start to feel some type of way. Uh, we've going to even just local crossfit competitions. It's quite hilarious when there's a team or there's there's a uh, there's an individual that has some sort of physical prowess or has some sort of namesake in the space. I mean, you can see this with with bodybuilding. You can see this with coaching of any of these places. Mm-hmm. They have namesake. And if you come on to the scene or the stage or what have you and you outshine them, not because you're trying to take them down while you're going up, but you just lean in and you push yourself forward to be the best that you can be, oftentimes that other individual, because of their insecurities, because of something else that's going on, will have some... Dumb shit to say about what you're doing. Interact with you in some manner that is not necessarily a reflection of you, uh, and could actually throw off your energy if you're not prepared for it. So there is definitely an interesting, uh, an interesting breakdown when you look at you being in these situations where you might have a quote-unquote leader, uh, more of a manager. You know, this you could see this in a, you could see this in a in the bar too. I mean, all my time in the in the bar scene, and then my time in law enforcement. Many people, when I walk in the back door and I start translating Spanish and doing legal paperwork for a sheriff's office that has four out of the 200 people that work there have a college degree, mm-hmm. there is there are more than a handful of people that feel some type of way about that. You know, you come in and you're quote unquote more educated. You have, you've got this, you've got that. You've got things that they wish they had, but they haven't miss, necessarily either taken the time to go after them or they don't feel that they can go after them. So they pivoted and gone a different direction or they want to do something, but they're not willing to swallow their pride and ask you um, how to get to a better spot in what they envy in you, uh, it can create a lot of problems. So it is also interesting to check your own ego when you're in these situations because you doing your best can be misinterpreted as you being braggadocious Mm -hmm. and you being uh, full of ego very quickly. It's also just not, uh, I don't believe 100% necessary To talk about your accomplishments day in, day out. Yeah. You can be a high performing individual and you can be involved in a lot of spaces, know a lot of people, have a fat ass bank account, have crypto going to Mars, and you don't have to talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. People, people are gonna judge you based on the lens that they that they see themselves in. And it's very, (laughs) it's very funny because in these situations, most of those people they have some sort of insecurity, and you are just the manifestation of that insecurity because they don't have what you have, something that they want. Um, And we don't have to spend too much time more on this this first one, but this comes in the form of the green monster very, Mm. very quickly and very often, especially with individuals that sometimes have risen to a level of power or level of leadership or management or what have you not necessarily undeservedly, but in a mm-hmm. in a manner that was quick, and they yeah. don't really know how to handle it. They haven't evolved as their role has evolved. So you see this like you start to get your blessings start to get blocked. You start to people start acting a certain way towards you. Um, you start to not get scheduled for shifts in a certain way. You start mm-hmm. to not be able to use the gym floor in a certain way when certain people are in there. Something to be aware of because you might be able to, Affirm those individuals in other ways. Stop talking about your accomplishments and just get in there and do the work. And just by you, and yielding is not the right word, but just by you changing the way that you communicate with them, um, and even if you know the answer to something, asking their opinion because mm-hmm. they are you superior could do a world of service to the relationship and the hierarchy there uh, and potentially not uh, not make someone's, feel so insecure. Or it could do nothing, but uh, it doesn't (laughs) hurt to try, you know? Definitely doesn't hurt to try.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. It's a a complex situation because it's unnatural for somebody to want to throttle themselves down, you know, uh, especially just because they're trying to be considerate of this other person. But depending on what your end game is, if you want to move higher up, if you want to have good relationships with these people, then it's like, you know, it might be one of those tools you break out of the board chest and uh, leverage it to your ability you there's know sacrifices
1: I mean? that have to be made for sure man. Yeah. but it's all it, again it, it comes back to your intention and then your end game you know your intention and how you want to get there yeah. <laughs> I mean it's important facts
0: facts so we're going to move on to, uh, to this, this next law. And as we said, we're not going in sequential order. We're just jumping around. Uh, so one that James initially uh, brought up that I liked a lot was, uh, let's see, let's see, boom, 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 boom. Oh, here we go. Infection. Avoid the unhappy and the unlucky. This is law number 10. So you can die from someone else's misery. Emotional states are as infectious as diseases. You may feel you're helping the drowning man, but you're only precipitating your own disaster. The unfortunate sometimes draw misfortune on themselves. They will also draw it on you. Associate with the happy and the fortunate instead. Do you want to start this one?
1: Yes. Um, I think that there's a, I guess you could call it, it's, it's an axiom that uh, that is thrown around. Misery loves company. Yeah. Um, I it's something that we say and we like to parrot and oh you know everyone that's miserable you know energy is infectious and da da dah. Uh, but we don't necessarily act in a way where we truly believe it we parrot it but we don't we don't act in a way that we're like oh okay this actually does affect me um, <laughs> Those similarly, and I'm not sure if the the another episode where we talked about ubiquitous assimilation is coming out before or after this, but if it is coming out after, there is something to be said for you making sure that you control the energy that you're giving to certain things and the energetic transfer with individuals in your life based on where they're at in their life, what they're talking about, how they're interacting with the world, uh, their emotional state. It's important to control the energetic flow between you and those individuals. And I think that this really hits the nail on the head. You could have that one friend that you truly, truly want to pull up, you know, you want to help out. They're in, they're downtrodden. They're, you know, everything seems to be going wrong. But they also could be in a spot where they're self-sabotaging. They also could be in a spot where They want to bring you to their level, not the other way around. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to go down the path to to better themselves. You've got to make sure that you audit those individuals around you. I had someone in my life that, um, and this was actually when I was at the sheriff's office. It was somebody I saw every day that was on my shift. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to ask to be given a different post than this person Mm -hmm. because— legitimately when i would spend you know 12 to 16 hours with this person six days a week i became very angry not on shift but just like it was a it was a very interesting i hate my life what am i doing here this is terrible and um i just started to perpetuate um, a narrative about who i was and what i was doing here and Mm -hmm. what my role in society was based on the bullshit energy that was coming out of the person that I was standing next to, that was doing the wellness checks on the on the um, the cells and the pods, and it was interesting because you don't really have a way to you know put a muzzle on on a on a fellow officer right next to you. Uh, I don't think that that would be allowed on the Geneva Convention, but um, <laughs> you know if you can't change who you're spending time with, and sometimes you can't, sometimes you have people yeah. on a team. Sometimes you play ball with some people that feel some type of way about some things that you can't avoid, but you can decide what you do with that information after it's presented to you. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I think this kind of plays into. Um, You got to audit. I know I just went long for it, but you got to audit. The people you spend your time with are ridiculously important, and it's... uh, pretty good indicator of where you're going to end up and what you're going to be doing based on what you're focusing on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and
0: uh, it's in this era, this time that we're living in right now with so much going on, you know what I'm saying? And and when all those effects compound, if everybody out in the street is afraid and you go out into the street, either you're going to be the odd person that's not afraid and everybody's freaking out why you're not afraid, which might actually frighten them further, or you're going to get in there and it, it now you're like, oh, oh damn, I, I guess this is real scary. And, and for you know it, now you're afraid. And to your point, people sometimes not being able to separate how they feel for a person and what they need their relationship with that person to be um, because it's like, You can have all the care, all the love for somebody in the world, but if, to your point, at the sheriff's office, if it's somebody's mom, somebody's dad, somebody's sister, brother, whatever, if their energy is constantly lowering yours, making you anxious, making you, you know, just a lesser version of yourself that's going to look different for everybody, uh, sometimes it's more subtle, sometimes it's far more pronounced. At some point, it's your responsibility to recognize that, especially recognize, like, damn, maybe this is less of me and more of a byproduct of being around this person who's always negative, who's always upset, who's always hating, who's always bullshitting, always dragging their feet, and then dissociate from them, and then you know maybe you find a replacement that is the opposite energy of that and closer aligned with what you want for yourself, because you know it's hard to be in a room with ten people who are all upset, and then you not feel that energy that you not take that on and oppositely. It's hard not to be in a room with 10 super grateful, excited, love-filled people and you not feel that same way. And so, to, you know, to the last point, it is infectious. You know what I'm saying? It might be more infectious than some things that people think are infectious. And yet, there doesn't seem to be that much importance placed on it. Uh, so that goes for the information you take in. That goes for the people you follow in on social media, for what you watch on YouTube, to the podcast you're listening to. You know, it's like where energy goes, you know, a thing is going to grow. And if people are putting energy into bullshit, they expect bullshit to increase in size and girth. If you're putting it into something else, you know, positive, positivity, uh, hope, optimism, work, you know what I'm saying, perseverance, grit, strength, resolve, all this other stuff, expect that to grow. And uh, the people you spend your time with, the sources of information you spend time uh, ingrained in, all that shit is mad important, so, you know. Control that. <laughs> All right, let's see. What we got on time? Um, We got another 12. All right, so... Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's see, let's see. Okay, so this is law number five. So much depends on reputation guarded with your life. Reputation is the cornerstone of power. Through reputation alone, you can intimidate and win. Once it slips, however... You're vulnerable and will be attacked on all sides. Make your reputation unassailable. Always be alert to potential attacks and thwart them before they happen. Meanwhile, learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes in their own reputations. Then stand aside and let public opinion hang them. Okay? So, as you can also appreciate, we're reading the whole law, all right? Sometimes people want to, you know, cherry-pick shit. But as I said, be careful how you tent some of these laws, because even to me, I was like, oh, learn to destroy your enemies by opening holes, oh man, we're destroying people. But sometimes you can have a virtuous enemy. (laughs) And the main reason I I wanted to read this one is because reputation in this hyper-connected age, you know, in this cancel culture age, reputation is, is important because people will judge you based on what they've heard about you. And unfortunately, that can work out in in, in many ways. You're going to have somebody who actually maybe is a, their actions have demonstrated that they are uh, a, what's the word? That they're a predatory individual. So let's take some of these ex-Hollywood execs, right? On paper, their reputation is, oh, Oscar winner, you know what I mean? Studio head, this, that, and third. You know, somebody could hype them up based on their reputation, but then you peek behind the curtain and you're like, oh, damn, rapist. Oh, damn, you know what I'm saying. Just all these other things pedophile, you know, thief, uh, cheat, whatever it is, and it's like, damn. So which one is actually their reputation? Right? Obviously, there's one that has preceded them, and that's the one of grandeur and, you know, uh, illustrious accomplishments. But how did that become the case? you know, what was preventing the other aspect of their life to come forward. And so there's like another law in here that talks about your actions, you know, proceeding and not, you know, don't win arguments, but your actions. And so as an individual, depending on what somebody's goal is in life, right, they may do a lot of damage control where they create an illusion of who they are. And then that is what their reputation becomes to those who don't actually have that proximity to really know what's going on with this individual, and so as a unique individual, you have to make a decision on do you want your reputation to be genuine in the sense of it's a representation of how you actually are or do you put all this time into creating a persona that can then be the front man for what you're actually trying to do or what you're actually about? And I think it's a, it's a it's a not a precarious situation but living in a time where some people are their reputation is diminished because they are authentic to who it is they want to be. Concrete example, uh, if somebody gets on their, their platform and they speak about a certain topic, and there's it's one of those topics where it's like A is the right answer, B is the wrong answer, you know, when it's not that black and white, but they talk about, you know, their their truth is B, then it's like you go ahead, you signing up for potentially having your reputation damaged, depending on whose opinion you value. Go ahead,
1: like you finish jump in. Uh no I mean I was just gonna say I think it's I think it's telling that um I mean there there's definitely a time and place to to lean hundred percent authentic and to uh, and I, and I really think living authentically is quite important doesn't mean you have to speak into existence literally everything that goes on in your mind um, I think that there's there's many situations where A is a quote unquote right answer mm-hmm. because the powers that be would like you to say A, and if you mm-hmm. don't get in line, I'll make sure that you don't make it to having the power to then be able to choose what the right answer is. Um, But that being said, I, I don't think that, uh, I think we can't get it twisted that you have to also word vomit everything that you have thoughts on. There's mm-hmm. many things that we haven't talked about on this podcast yet. There's many things mm-hmm. that people in the world don't know our views on, don't know, many people's views on there's actually even more so and I think this is why individuals that have you know these um these illustrious accomplishments can not necessarily get away with but hold a bag over somebody's head is because they're looked at in such a different light I mean I don't know the type of person that Leonardo DiCaprio is but I do know that he's a hell of an actor and so I do know that his identity <laughs> is tied with him being a hell of an actor. Yeah. Um, you know, he's talked about climate change, and he's talked about this, that, and the other. But something could come out one day about about him being involved in something that uh, does not behoove his continued career and uh, it could come tumbling down. But people would be probably a lot less likely mm-hmm. to believe that it was a case because how could how could X person do mm-hmm. ABC while they're also doing Da 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 da, and they're this good of a person, and they give this much to charity that's owned by this other person that started the charity so that they could have the money, mm-hmm. um, and then also has all these accomplishments that are well accepted in society. I mean, I think that it's um, it's interesting. Reputation is a funny thing because your reputation and your character can be one and the same. Your reputation, your character could be absolutely. The furthest things removed in this life, mm-hmm. um, you could also have your reputation ruined based on the soundbite, mm-hmm. but your character stand true. You Also, your character could be shit, but your reputation is solid, squeaky clean, platinum, looks like you're, you're out here saving the world and you could be taking every single dollar and, uh, and just buying mansions. Buying four mansions in 2021 with money that you raise in 2020, um, mm-hmm. claiming to be the savior to uh, a group that identifies under a tenant. So, I mean, that could be happening either either mm-hmm. way, left, right, and sideways. Um, but it is, I mean, again, it's thinking for yourself here, you know? Straight up. There is there's a there's oftentimes a big difference between character and reputation. Yeah. And I think that needs to be stated because we we like to kind of you know, reputation is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sometimes you're going to have to kill reputation to preserve character though.
0: No, thank you. And that's the word I was struggling to find to kind of make that distinction. That's why I use that example of the studio execs. Mm-hmm. like yeah. their character's trash, but the reputation it is that buffer for their poor character. And so it's like, you know, don't, don't get too hype on somebody's reputation being great, but you know, on the opposite. If you hear something some negative about somebody's reputation, ultimately you have to make that decision. And typically mm-hmm. you can only really make that best decision with direct experience. Because to your point, sometimes people's reputation go out the window because their character is actually so solid. You know, and then there's a whole, you know, force that can bring their reputation down, same way a whole force can bring somebody's reputation up, and then we call it PR. Yep. You know, so it's like so much so many facets to how the human mind operates and how societies ultimately play themselves out based on this whole dynamic of perception and illusion versus reality versus hierarchy and and it's 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 fascinating shit man it's fascinating dude and and we're just out here living you know trying to do our best to contribute something for y'all for the people to uh to chew on and and think about if you've never Realize there's a distinction, for instance, between your reputation and character. You know? There
1: is. We like to. I mean, I think we like to. Ah, uh, oh, the word I'm looking for when you uh, when you melt down ore. What is that called? like uh, gold uh, ore. The steel. Melt down ore. Um, no. Melted, I don't know, know if you're talking about alchemy when people try to make gold, but uh, yeah, melting down. There's there's a. I forget what that process is called. But mm-hmm. re- regardless, we have tried to throw character and reputation into the same place and have. We look at them as having the same melting point. We mm-hmm. look at them and as, as being one and the same. We we use them interchangeably, and I think that that's not. I think that that's a that's not good because it's a big vulnerability. If we start associating, um, if we start associating reputation and character, which I think we're already doing, yeah. if, if they're synonymous, mm-hmm. if they're supposed to be synonymous and they're accepted, like widely accepted as synonymous, um, it allows individuals to get to a high level of power with a shitty character. And adversely, it allows people with, it allows people with, or it also forces people into the place where they could have amazing character, but because there's another group of individuals, or there's a there's a group of power, or there's um, organizations that have the reputation, mm-hmm. they can also just smack somebody. And rip out the reputation. And because now we're associating their character with the reputation, if their reputation gets ripped out, well then their character must be shit. Because why would anyone go after anybody that was mm-hmm. evangelizing truth? Yeah. So it uh yeah, it's it's a big vulnerability, I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, we
0: got through two, kinda. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's really the purpose of this, and hopefully uh everybody learns something or, or has some something to reflect on. But we're going to go ahead and get out of here, let y'all get back to your day. We appreciate y'all's time. And uh, if you enjoy the show, you want to support us, we would greatly appreciate leaving a review on Apple uh, Podcasts and uh, following us on Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. But obviously, don't have to, but it would help us. We'd appreciate it. So, till next time, we out. Peace. Peace.